Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's go. This is the Chase in the Frame podcast, where we interview people in the TV and film industry, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are today. We do this podcast for the frame chasers. This is for those in the film industry, going hard, let them know who we are. Frame chasers, we're, we're not chasing the fame, no, no. Tell them what we do. Chasing the Frame. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast with your host, John DeMarco. Let's go. What up, Frame Chasers? It's Wednesday, and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today, I'm with Nick Payne. Nick, how are you today, man? Oh, I'm good, my man. I'm good. Good, good, good. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, sir. Ah. Yeah, it's been a, what, a good... What, two, three years? Yeah, I would say maybe two and a half. Let's just say two and a half for safety. <laughs> yeah, right? Because the last time we were together is that you did uh, the thing for uh, Zapco, Scott. But, yeah, but I saw you I saw you after that, I remember. I think I saw you at um, Digi, Digi was it World. A, was it an event? Was it a I, film? No, you were, was it a, were we on an event or was that on set somewhere? Uh, shit, I don't remember. I know I saw you recently somewhere. But not like within like the last year and a half, two years probably. I don't remember my brain okay. shot. But I know I saw you. I know yeah. I saw. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did catch up. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into our catching up some more, I, let me just uh, get some house housekeeping out of the way real quick, if that's cool with you. Okay. Uh, right. Everything is good, man. Just, All right. So uh, staying busy on the grind, you know. Yeah. Well, let me get let me do some housekeeping first, and then we'll talk. Uh, first off, we have to thank our affiliate partners, Artlist.io. Honestly, the best music licensing platform for any type of content creator. Thousand new songs every day on unlimited downloads, which is always a plus, especially when you're trying to find music for any project. That's always the hardest part. Artlist.io makes it easy and simple, guys. If you join our affiliate link today, that's in the description. Then you will get one year and two extra months for free. So check it out and join Artlist.io, an inspiring music music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. Second, we have merch for you. Teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. Not only are we selling shirts, but we're selling hashtag frame chaser mask for $10. 
Honestly, it's a comfy cloth mask, and it's super stylish, and it lets people know that you're a frame chaser on the set. Guys, I'm glad to inform you that I did find my frame chaser mask. It was in my work truck, so I do not need to buy a new one, but it's still comfy as shit. A third, it's time for that show, uh, time for that time for that part of the show when I ask for donations to the the Church of the Frame. Three ways to donate. One, paypal.me slash podcast. That's a one-time donation. Two, you can do Patreon, which is a $5 a month membership, which allows you to to get early access to audio and visual content a week before it airs. And three, in the description below on our YouTube page, uh, our YouTube uh, channel or video that you're watching right now, you can uh, send money through cryptocurrencies to our link to our link trust wallet, which is going to fund uh, future projects that we want to do. I have a few things in mind that uh, hopefully we can push out for the next year, maybe next two years, if anything. And also, last but not least, guys, please like the Facebook page as well as subscribe to the YouTube page. That is all. Let us get to the show. Nick, uh, by the way, also, this is episode 67, guys, and uh, Nick's the CEO of Something Nice Entertainment Footwear. He's a producer and actor. Am I missing anything else, Nick, by the way? Anything else you are that I'm missing? Uh man, it's that's that's pretty much actor. Yeah. On my own entertainment company footwear. Um now I'm gonna be producing my very first uh comedy TV show. That's awesome. So let me get- Yeah, so that's uh I'm actually gonna be behind the scenes. I'm not I'm not I'm not the star right now. I got uh Yeah. Yeah, what? I lost you. You said uh, you're the, you said you're not the star right now. You got and then it just cut out. What was it, John? Oh, I was saying you said you're not the star right now. You're behind the scenes and then you cut out. Yeah, I'm not the star. Mm-hmm. I'm just um, it's the I'm the creator now. Okay. Um. So first question I ask everyone on the podcast is, uh, where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm just I'm behind the scenes now, so it's a it's a whole new uh, spot for me. Okay. Um. So first question in the podcast is where are you from originally? Nick, can you hear me? Nick, Nick, are you there? I think I lost. Well, I'm originally from originally. Yeah. Um Born in Mississippi and raised in Pasadena, California. Nice. Um, and the second question I ask everyone on the podcast is, what was the movie, TV show, actor, director, anything that really in the entertainment industry that... Oh, I think I lost you for a second. Oh, there you are. Uh, what was the actor, director, TV show that you know inspired you to say, I want to do this? Are you having te- uh, are we having technical difficulties, Nick? What was it? I lost you. Oh, okay. I was asking. Um, what was the uh, TV? Yeah. Sh- what? Yeah. Uh, what was the TV show actor, um, director that inspired you to do what you want to do today? Oh man! Between Spike Lee, um, so many. I mean, it just. Uh, it's it's kind of feeling like more than one or two. It had to be like Spike Lee, and then um, 
like Ice Cube when he started Friday, mm-hmm. right? And Friday, it's feeling like kind of like Ice Cube when he when he first wrote Friday, you know? Yeah. So, so, uh, what Spike Lee movie is your favorite? Uh, do the right thing. You know, that was, uh, that was, that was the first one yeah. I saw was, uh, do the right thing. Um, was, uh, it, it set a spark. I mean, with, the controversy, mm-hmm. the comedy, the music, everything. Mm-hmm. That I just saw that actually for the first time, uh, last year, it was phenomenal. Yeah, do the do the right thing because it's funny because uh, Spike Lee gave Samuel Jones his first job as a DJ because Samuel Jones was homeless, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. he didn't handle no job. And Spike Lee gave him his first job as the radio d- disc jockey, and that just set the tone for Samuel Jackson. I've been following that career ever since, so it yeah. was do the right thing. Yeah, that that movie's great. Um, so here's the next question for you is. Now, when you were growing up, when did you like see uh, "Do the Right Thing"? Like, what, what? Like, is that when it like started? What? 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 How old were you when you saw "Do the Right Thing"? Uh, wow. Had to be like in my twenties, I think. Yeah. Now, were you living in California or still in Mississippi at the time? Uh, we said you were born in Mississippi, but raised yeah, in California, I was, I was, right? Uh, I was I was in California at the time because okay. you know. Going up around the entertainment industry, I get I have friends that are in the industry mm-hmm. musically. So, yeah. you know, um, I was inspired by them because they opened the door for us like entertainment. They were the first R&B five man group to come out of Pasadena and they've been doing it for 30 years. So I kind of opened the door for me. Yeah. And my friends, the group, if you look up the group Troop. T R double O P. Yeah, they are. They're like the West Coast version, the new edition. They came out with Mama Sita like in 89, 90. Mm. And then they came out with the remake of the Jackson Fire, All They Was Think of You. So those are my friends. Yeah. So they introduced me to the world of entertainment. And plus, they got their first big break when they was in the film New Jack City. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they were, they were they were on the step doing living for the city, so that opened the door for me. Mm-hmm. So when that opened the door for you, what did you start doing? Did you stay in the music, or did you kind of like aim towards acting then? No, I, what it was, I was in a studio with them a lot, and on on the you know I did shows with them as a right hand man, mm-hmm. but. Um, one of the members, John Harrow, he's a friend of mine. I've known him since I was 14. Yeah. So John John took me to like every war, every movie premiere. Um, he introduced me to a lot of celebrities. Yeah. He's actually the first one to introduce me to Tupac. Oh, wow. What was that one? And I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize it was him until, I, it dawned on me because uh, John John, he's like, yeah, he said, Pog, this is Nick. And he he, he leaned down and he sh- shook my hand. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, and then years later, I was like, oh, snap. John John introduced me to Pog. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he, he introduced me to so many people 
Um, he introduced me to like Joe Laverde, Johnny Gill, Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett, Lawrence Tate, Aaron Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, my first real experience in the in the industry where we went to go see uh, the premiere Above the Rim. Okay. And uh, was at the Man Hollywood. Was at the Man Chinese Hollywood Theater. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down, and in front of me was SWV, and behind me was BBD. Oh, wow. So, and, you know, and that's my friend. I, you know, he he kind of, he, he, he trained me for this, on the music side, he mm. taught me how to write lyrics and music. Yeah. But I was never thought I'd be an actor until I got... You know, I did little things in Pasadena. I was yeah. an extra in Child's Play too. Yeah. Um, I was in a few of their music videos, but he was always there to support. So when I came to Vegas, you know, I got into the, the acting, and I think the first opportunity was doing an extra for... Um, uh, doing an extra for a little thing in Vegas little extra thing and you know it was new to me and yeah. then i think the next big thing was being an extra in jason Bourne. okay Metro police so what was uh, let's go over to your first experience the little thing that you did as an extra what was that like being on set for the first time and i know it's not a music video but it's a different set different beast am i mistaken yeah when because when i first started i had like no headshots yeah. no imdb nothing and I sent in um, the co- some people that were on set. They were telling me that Julie Goldman was casting for Jason Bourne, mm-hmm. and he said that, that night they said send her a friend request. Yeah. And then like the next thing I know, I sent her my picture, and she called me that next day and asked yeah. me to come down to put in a, to be an extra as Metro Police for Jason Bourne. But yeah. At that time, I I couldn't go for the fitting, but I went in to be like a, a conventioner. Yeah. So that next week, they called me and she said, "Well, can you still come down and be Metro?" So yeah. I went down. I got fitted for Metro Police, and then I was on set at the Aria for three days as Metro Police Officer. Oh wow! What was that experience like working on the set? Being, I mean, it's an extra, but what was it like? Was, was there a lot of pressure on you? Was there you know, what was the whole atmosphere no, like? No, I, I was nervous because when I walked into the Aria mm-hmm. in that Metro Police uniform, this was a huge set because it was at the Aria yeah. and it was huge. Mm-hmm. So it was it was weird because I was shocked to see so many people walking around, cameras, directors, producers, mm-hmm. police cars, fire trucks. It was crazy, yeah. you know, and I was like a new kid, never been on a movie set before. Yeah. But two of the two of the gentlemen, um, Alfonso, Big Mac, and Store Elsie, yeah. they kind of and uh, they groomed me and they made sure I was okay and they taught me how to not look in the camera, how mm. to stand, and all the pictures that you see in me in a uniform. Metro Police Officer Alfonso, he took those 
pictures. He told me, okay, look this way. Yeah. So they taught me and they helped me get further into Jason Moore. So they helped me get through those three days because those are long nights. We yeah. come from like 10 o'clock at night to like six in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I was there one day for, for work when I was working the, when I'm working on the news we were just there because we were, I guess the news was that they were filming there and that was insane just seeing what they were setting up and all that stuff. We weren't in the Aria. We were outside because the car chase was outside. And that was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, it was an experience to say this is what a movie set is like, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So from, from that, even though I was a background extra, yeah. it was just the chance to be a party of like Jason Bourne. And we also got to see Matt Damon and Matt Damon mm. acknowledged us. You know, he, he literally acknowledged us, which was crazy. Yeah. You know, it was cool just to see him in action. So that um, like amazed me. Mm -hmm. So what happens after Jason Bourne? So you're on this like big old movie set. What's the next thing you do? Well, you know, after Jason Bourne, um, I think around that time, um, Fright Dome was coming around, the big Fright Dome for Jason Negan at, at Circus yeah. Circus Adventure Dome. Mm -hmm. And I went down to uh, apply for it. Mm -hmm. And that's when they were doing the voodoo. They were doing like a new thing called the Voodoo Zone. Yeah. And they uh, they said, okay, well, Jason Ingus is looking for someone to play the voodoo priest. I was like, that's funny. I said, my family is uh, from Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Yeah. You know, and they mm -hmm. said, would you like to be our voodoo priest? I was like, I was like, are you sure? They said, they said I said, how tall you? I was like, 6'2". They was like, okay. Yeah. So... They gave me the job as the voodoo priest. So when I when I walked on, uh, it's like Fright Dome. I came out of makeup, and from that moment, uh, I became the the voodoo priest. Okay, that's uh, that's um, that's awesome. Uh, and I know you've been a voodoo priest in a lot of the movies I've seen you in, and a couple a couple of things I've seen you on. So you uh, is voodoo something that was big in your life in general too, or not like the idea of voodoo, I guess, or the 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 um, the ar ar aurora or aura whatever aura of voodoo around your whole life or something like that, especially if you're well, well, it's from you know from the bayou and yeah. Baton Rouge and New Orleans and with all the voodoo and impact, so it's kind of in that area. Yeah. So. You know, they, they gave me the hat, you know, um, like the look, and they painted my face all black, and they gave me the white out contacts. Yeah. And then that, that stood out. So from like 2016 and 17, mm -hmm. that that character opened a lot of doors because they had me like on the black carpet. Yeah. Um, They had me go to like the different... Uh, news stations with all the other characters. Mm -hmm. They put it on YouTube and Instagram, and yeah. a lot of the kids they would Snapchat it and take pictures. Yeah. So it got viral. Nice. For 2016 to 17. So that character alone, it carried weight amongst everybody at Circus Circus mm -hmm. and Jason Egan. 
So it carried weight. Even like this year when they opened up the Fright Ride, yeah. which was like the big ride, they called me back mm -hmm. because I made so much such an impact. So I brought the character back this year for the Fright Ride. Nice. What was that experience like doing the Fright Ride from different from the Fright Dome? Oh man, it's crazy because with the pandemic and mm -hmm. everything, um, it was it's it's they bought Jason Egan bought a building. So it's seventy it was seventy five thousand square foot of different yeah. different scare zones. Wow. And they were people people were riding through in carts. Mm -hmm. So they had us in a voodoo hall and they had me and it was crazy mm -hmm. when people started to see me. They said, oh, that's the voodoo priest. So it was popular amongst people who remember Fright Dome yeah. and my character. Nice. So it was, it was an amazing experience, but it was longer hours, but it was fun. Just to bring that character back, Yeah. you know, to thank Jason Egan and um, everybody who was a part of it, Rachel Lowe, Stranger, that whole Fright Dome family. Mm -hmm. They brought that character back, so that was an experience. Yeah. Be part of that Fright Dome family and a new experience, new ride. Gotcha. And then after going back to just the Fright Dome in general, after you do this Fright Dome for 2016, 2017, what were you doing in between that? Like from 2016 and 17, were you doing other projects as well? Yeah. Well, after Jason Bourne, um, yeah. Julie Goldman. She called me and she wanted me to do an extra for All Eyes on Me, the Tupac film. Oh, okay. Wow, it comes full circle in a yeah. sense. You met Tupac uh, and now you're now you're working on a Tupac yeah. set. Yeah, she um she had me go down and then we did it at the um at Harris mm -hmm. because they turned Harris into the MGM oh, to wow. make it look like the year died. Yeah. In Vegas, I got to meet the guy, you know, the person who played Park and mm -hmm. the person who played Show. And they were real cool. Yeah. And one of the scenes, the uh, one of the assistant directors came up to me, and uh, he looked at me. He's like, "What I want you to do is, I want you to look right and look left." Mm -hmm. And I looked at my friend BZ Colors, and BZ looked at me because they say normally background actors never get seen on. On in movies, yeah, and I happened to look up, and the camera was right in my face. Oh wow! You know, across the way, yeah. So, and I saw the film, mm -hmm. and that's the first time I saw myself on the big screen on TV on the on the movie. Oh, nice! That must have been exciting. Was that ex how exciting was that? What was that like feeling like when and you saw that, yourself on the big screen? That opened up the door, and then after that. Um, David Anthony for David Anthony. Oh man, to see myself on the big screen was yeah. crazy. <laughs> for like a millisecond, I thought I saw. Oh. oh, I think I lost you again. I lost you again. Yeah, yeah. For that little that little scene, I saw myself on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I missed. I, mean, uh, I missed what you said though, because you I, you cut out. No, I said I, when I saw myself on a big screen, yeah. it was crazy because I, you know, I never seen myself on on uh, in the movies before. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that must have been awesome to see that. Yeah, have you have you? Uh, so that was that was an experience. Yeah, and then uh, what we were saying after that, the the you were saying something about David Anthony. I'm sorry, but that was that was crazy. Yeah, and then. Uh, 
what was it after that um, Tupac thing? I lost you again. Oh, are you? Um, let me see. Let me see what's going on here. <laughs> After one, I I lost you for a good minute. I just um, you said something about I can't see you. One second, let me just wait for your picture. Hopefully, it comes up. Uh, one second, one second. There, there you go. Uh, I was saying, what was it that you did after the Tupac thing? Um, I did all. I did a uh, kickbox retaliation with Mike Tyson. Oh, nice. JVC, uh, John Claude Van Damme's in that too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I met I met Mike Tyson. Okay. What was that? Well, how how was it meeting the champ? You know what? He was a really cool dude, really humble, and he actually let me take a picture with him. So I have it on Facebook too. And I met some. I met. I met the director, shook mm-hmm. hands with the director, the star, yeah. was, you know, so it was pretty cool. I'm an actor, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, when did you do, was that before, was that all before To Whom May Concern when we met? Yep, that was, that was, I think that was all before we made, we met, yeah. And then was that the next project after uh, Kickboxer Retaliation? Yeah, that was the that was right after Kickboxer. Okay, so uh, tell tell us about that one. What was uh, what was the Who May Concern? Oh uh, no, that was fun. You know, yeah. having a being a character, learning a role, and just being on set with Zabko and you and mm-hmm. um, with Jamarco and uh, Brenda Daly, just the whole cast itself. Even being on set in that house is pretty cool. Just yeah. that little scene. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Oh, now here's a question for you. Um, so question is, what was it like going from those big sets, like you're doing, like you know, Jason Bourne, Tupac, uh, Kickboxer, to a smaller set like uh, To Who May Concern? No, you know what? It's, it wasn't about the size of the set. It was just the experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an actor, you have to learn. You know, you have to be flexible. So mm-hmm. it was an experience. Even to have like a big part right there, mm-hmm. um, it was still fun just to be a part of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if big set or small set. It's the experience that counts as an actor itself. Yeah. So, uh, basically, so basically what it is, is all credibility. It's all on a resume, you know? Mm-hmm. Understandable. And then uh, after To Who May Concern, what were you doing after that? I didn't see you after that for a while. Yeah, but say that again, John. Uh, I was saying, what did you do after To Whom May Concern? Um, after To Whom May Concern, um, it was, um, I did a couple other films, mm-hmm. uh, just independent. Yeah. Um, 
I did um, Space Captain and Callista. Um, I did a I did a film, The Art of Living Dead, with the Mahal Brothers. Okay. Um, I did a couple of commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, just little bits and pieces of, of little independent films. Yeah, little extra work uh, and stuff like that. Oh, weren't you on Mafia also? Yeah, Mafia. Yeah, Mafia. Mafia was way before um, Jason Bourne and all that. It was kind of in between. So it was like, yeah, Mafia was like in between. Even though it didn't really go anywhere, it was uh, it was still experience. So that was like all that was like in between all that. What did you learn? What did you take away from uh, the experience that you got from Mafia? Well, you know, even though it was improv, it was like, you know, non-scripted. Mm-hmm. It was a chance to do something independent and be in a character like that FB agent. Yeah. So that was for itself, you know. And um, going back then, you're doing commercials, you're doing all this stuff. When did you start the Something Nice uh, clothing line, I think, first, the footwear, right? Was that first and then the entertainment? Well, I... I started something nice entertainment, I think in 2019. Okay. And I just add entertainment on it and it kind of, I just put it out there just to, and I think within like a couple weeks or a month, mm-hmm. it got, you know, it got out, it got out to social media yeah. and it just grew. Mm-hmm. How'd you come and up with then, the name? You know, people started connecting. Oh. Um, you know what? One of my one of my childhood friends, um, and his uh, his cousin, his cousin came up with the name, but I really I didn't really know about it, mm-hmm. you know. But my best friend, I guess he wanted to do something different, so he came up. He said the name something nice, and he spelled it that way. Yeah, because this we were like we were like in our mid twenties. Yeah, you know, as kids, we do something different, but. Um, he had passed away from lupus at 32. Oh shit! You know, so that kind of took a piece of me. That so what I did because he was a dancer, photographer, mm-hmm. a cosmetologist. Wow! And uh, he's the one who got me my first time on Soul Train, dancing on Soul Train in the mid 90s. Oh, nice! That was all. That's pretty awesome. You know? Yeah. So I, I took all of that and just put entertainment on because he was he was that I wasn't. So I just took it and mm-hmm. kind of ran with it as an actor, and just something nice entertainment just developed from there. And now it's it's it, it is where it is now. And then the footwear, mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends said you should try out this company. They doing shoes. I was like I don't I don't do shoes. Yeah, but I'm gonna try it. So when I came up with the first pair of shoes, my friend saw it. And two of my friends bought it. My cousin bought a pair. And one of my childhood friends, he bought a pair. So when he bought the shoes, he took a picture. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, look on the box. He said, your name is on the box. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, and then from there, the footwear, the footwear, everything grew within, within about a year or so, at least. Now, is it, I don't know anything about footwear. Is it hard selling footwear? Uh, has it been what is the yeah, yeah. It, it is because um with with everything going around now mm-hmm. 
But, you know, they make it easy. Mm -hmm. They help you give, like, discount coupons for friends. So a couple pairs pairs have been sold, so it's starting to get out there gradually. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. But it's still... Yeah, and they help you... They help you get into magazines for, like, um, fashion designers and stuff like that. So the word spreads. Oh, wow. So, like, it's a website that you found that makes the shoes for you? Or, like, yeah. okay. Yeah, there's a, a, a website one of my friends told me about. Mm-hmm. And then now that I'm brand, I'm branded, yeah. Um, I, have, I have a whole shoe collection, men's and women's. So oh, it's shit. pretty cool. That's dope. I, shit. I start my own shoe line now. <laughs> <laughs> got me thinking. <laughs> I might start my own shoe line, I was saying. Yeah. Uh so now with the sentence Hey, you know what? I mean, yeah. you never know. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a tough climb, but it it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um so with the something nice entertainment, what are you guys doing now? You're, are you cre- you're creating content now that you're behind the scenes? Are you how how what's going on with your company in that in the entertainment field well you know i'm still doing an actor and i'm still doing everything and now um i'm producing my very first television show yeah on uh the mj on network local tv so um that's that's a new experience and my Mm -hmm. friends are telling me that's like my I guess that's my good karma for everything I've done. Yeah. Like, you know, like God is blessing me with a television platform to produce anything I want mm-hmm. uh, through this God woman in Atlanta. So she's, she opened up the door for me. I've always wanted to be on TV. Mm-hmm. So she literally is giving me a platform to produce anything I want starting next year. So that's how wow. the show came about. When, uh, when do you go into production for the shows or the TV show? Um, our plan is to film sometime mid next month. Okay. We're working on the, um, the script. The pilot episode script is done. Mm-hmm. They're just fine tuning it, putting it into like a one sheet and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the NDAs are going out. Um, my cast is all women from the director, executive producer, writer, mm-hmm. um, line producer. And my cast is all women. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of think like living single girlfriends and a little bit of empire. So basically what it is, mm. it's my life, my entertainment company on television, but it's told by women of diverse color. Gotcha. So if, I, if I'm getting this correctly, so it's your entertainment company, the women are acting as your entertainment company, like the, who are running your entertainment company in a sense. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. One of the main stars, she's playing me in the female version. It's my story, but it's told by women. Gotcha. Okay. Now, now I now I understand. <laughs> Just had to clarify. That's awesome. Because the TV the TV show is called something nice. Yeah. So <laughs> you're continuing the brand. I like it. Yeah, the brand is now the the brand is going on network television Roku. Yeah, uh, what so Roku? What do we look for when we uh, type it in? Um, if you go on Roku TV and yeah. you took take a look at the M M J Own Network, yeah. that's where you'll see it. Okay, uh, how did you meet the woman in Atlanta the, for the M J Own uh, Network? 
Uh, it's funny because when I uh, did an interview with Just B on the Just B show, mm-hmm. he um he interviewed me mm-hmm. and he was telling me he was gonna help me get on Roku. Yeah. So he's the one who sent it to her, and and when he tagged me in a post, her name came up, yeah. and then I happened to go on her page. It was her network that he put it on. Oh, wow. And we were already friends, and I had no idea. Then she shared my post, and she's like, Nick Payne, you on TV. So she personally took time out of her day mm-hmm. um, on a Monday to speak with me. And she said, she saw my interview on her network yeah. and told me something in my interview spoke to her. And she said, for you, I'm going to give you your own television platform. Wow, that's awesome. Now, does this show have a budget, or like, are you guys finding producers to help you get a budget, or how? This is, this is self budgeted. You know, we're getting out, but she said once it goes up on our network, she's gonna help us because it has to get views and everything. So this is a basically um, start from scratch, one gotcha. of one shots. Yeah, you know. I, I, now I'm not trying to. Um, you know, negate what she's doing, but have you ever thought about doing your own platform in general, like using your own platform to do it yourself? No. no. Okay. Just never. Wondering. Yeah. I've never, I, I never think about having a, you know, a platform or doing a producing a television show. Yeah. But she's, she's giving me and my team, all the tools to help her. Plus with my team, Mm-hmm. They have the experience as producers, writers, directors. Yeah. They ha- and these are the women that are helping my team. So they have this experience. We're all helping each other. Gotcha. So how many episodes are you guys doing for the first season? Well, you know what? We got the, we getting a pilot episode out first. Okay. Gotcha. You okay. know? Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. So, and then, but my, my script, writer, my script writer has literally written pretty much the whole season. Oh wow! But we're getting a pilot episode out first and getting out and uh, getting up, putting up on TV next year. Awesome! So we're looking mid two thousand twenty one for your show to come out, hopefully. Yeah. All right. So hopefully, yeah, we're, I, you're you're looking at sometime mid. Hopefully, we're we're looking at sometime mid twenty twenty one. Have a on okay, I think by the time this podcast comes out, because I think you'll be around the middle of April when this episode's aired. Um, hopefully, it's out by then, and that'd be awesome. Okay, so. yeah, it'll be it'll be it should be out before April. We're okay. looking at we're looking at putting up as soon as possible. Gotcha. In next year, but don't always Once rush a product. Go. Don't always rush a product because then you want it to be oh, perfect. Trust me, we we're fine tuning it to mm. where we we're dying every eye, crossing the T's. So okay, just making sure. You know, they're thirty minute episodes for the comedy, but we're taking our time to make sure it's going to be put right. We're not rushing anything. Oh, that's good. That's good. And you're shooting next month. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, we're yeah we're shooting. We're looking at shooting next month. We've already set the film dates to shoot sometime next month. What what else are you guys? What else are, is your company something nice entertainment planning on for twenty twenty one? Anything else besides the show? Uh, you know what? It just it is as it comes. It'll just put it out. For gotcha. right now, we're just going with the flow. Focus on the entertainment company, the TV show, and the shoes. All right. So no, and we're yes. also. We're also we're also working on face masks for the company. Okay, cool, cool. That's awesome. That's the next in uh, adventure or venture. Um, so let me ask you this: I I get into 
you know, with the podcast, I don't know if you listen to it, but we talk about the film community here in Vegas, right? And we talk about the strengths and the weaknesses and what can we do to improve. So let's talk about the strengths, the positives in the Las Vegas film community. What are the positives that you've seen in the film community? Um, you know what the positive, I guess, with doing this whole pandemic, they're still coming back with the face mask and mm. because people miss entertainment. So all the TV shows that I see now are like the face mask on and they're being, they're being costly because this is entertainment and mm -hmm. people are missing out, especially in Vegas. Yeah. So everybody's doing what possibly can to make this entertainment world just come back alive and fun and enjoyment. Yeah. That's the positive. You know, that's what I see. And that's why I'm, we're joining that same uh you know we're jumping on board to do the same thing yeah we're being cautious with the pandemic and everything because when we start filming you know with the face masks mm -hmm. and every, everybody is cautious but we're doing everything and staying in that COVID 19 yeah um safety you yeah. know to do what we need to do mm -hmm. did you get that uh covid safety um set safety uh certificate uh, no, we didn't get that, but I, I'm quite sure we'll work on that and everything. Right. Like that. Yeah, it, there's a free set certificate that I saw recently, some people posting about. So, uh, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it to me and let me know, and then I'll send it to my producer and everything. All right, cool. And then, uh, what about any other strengths, by the way, before we go into the next part of that? Uh, you know what? No, not really, but I, I, I just see a lot of positive that I see so far. I mean, I see what I see, but yeah, that's all I see for right now. Uh, what about the weaknesses? Anything that's a, a that's a weakness in the film community here? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. You know, not sure. But if I see some, you know, I'll definitely let you know, but not right now. Okay. And then any, anything you think that can we get to the next level in the community? We're just, everybody just be safe and do what they need to do, especially with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully it'll end next year. But, yeah. you know, we have to see how it goes. But right now we're taking every precaution yeah. to make sure everybody's safe. Gotcha. You know, it's easy. I work, I work from home, which is easy between mm -hmm. like the Zooms and stuff like that. But when we meet, every time we go out, we are protected with the face mask. So mm -hmm. we're taking every precaution. Nice. That's, that's always a plus. You don't want any scares. Um, so, Nick. No. So, uh, Nick, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I have two questions left for you, sir. First question is, what is your social media? Okay, well, that's Nick Payne on Facebook. Uh, Something Nice Entertainment on Facebook. Something Nice Footwear on Instagram and Facebook. Something Nice 69 on Instagram. Uh, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> And then uh, my last question to you is what is that nugget you want to give people who are listening to the show today? That last nugget. What was that? What is the last nugget of information you want to give people who are listening to the show today? Uh, well, you know what? I say if you want something so bad, I just say go for it. If you want it bad enough, go for it. You're never too young, never too old to go for your dreams. Nice. That's well put. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate you, man, for being on. Um, and thank you all for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, 
Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Also on Google Podcasts as well. And I can't do this without my frame chasers. And I'm so, and I'm just trying to bring knowledge to all you listeners out there. And I hope you're getting some great, valuable information and learning something from it because we all have a story and we all go through things at the same time or at different times. And I hope the people that are on the show keep inspiring you to chase those frames. Again, guys, uh, thank you again and have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. We'll catch you next time, next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. Again, Nick, thank you so much.